Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. D-Travel is a community-governed home-sharing platform where you can find and book accommodations. Compared to other home-sharing platforms, guests can expect lower fees and hosts pay 0% fees. They even accept a wide variety of payment options, including cryptocurrency. D-Travel is on a mission to decentralize the home-sharing economy. And in today's episode, Head of Marketing Luke Kim joins us to share what makes the platform unique and how to get involved. D-Travel, simply put, is a home-sharing platform that anybody can enjoy, whether they are budget travelers or luxury travelers. And D-Travel is special because it takes the value of the sharing economy and puts that value to the hands of hosts and guests, the people who really create the travel industry and sustain the travel industry. So whereas we see right now, companies in the sharing economy act as centralized corporations, extracting value to give to shareholders, extracting value to have swanky offices in SF and Market Street. We don't see that with D-Travel. All right. So there's a lot to unpack here because especially when I first learned about your platform, there were a lot of terms that you had used that I don't think that as a consumer of travel, as someone who's a guest who's booking these trips are actually thinking about. So what are some of the major problems right now that you see in the home share economy? And then we can dive a little bit deeper. Well, at the high level, hosts who actually provide their properties, provide roofs over people's heads, tend to not have control over policies that affect them and their livelihoods. Guests have their fair share of woes because they cannot depend upon a central party in order to determine disputes, in order to help them do things in a way that makes them feel safe and satisfied for the future. People have an impression that central companies, trusted brands, tend to do things properly and well, but actually it's not true. In fact, I sit here in an Airbnb myself, and just a couple of weeks ago, I had two separate Airbnbs fall through on me. And it's not like we're trying to bash the competition. I think Airbnb is a great company and they pioneered much of the home sharing industry as we know it today. But it's just a fact. It's true that when you have a diverse global industry, you need to be able to localize services. You need to be able to localize responses and be able to treat people based on the regulatory frameworks they live in and based on the market conditions they live in differently. And so this democratization of decision-making and ownership around home sharing, that's simply not possible with existing models. And we come in to bridge that gap. And one of the things I think that's really interesting that you mentioned in the intro of the episode, I mentioned this, is the fees part. I've been using competitors like Airbnb for years, and I have noticed something striking, especially during the pandemic. I've noticed the fees have become astronomical to the point where most of what I'm paying could go to fees. And I think that is a pain point for guests as someone who's visiting these places. So can we talk a bit about the fees and is it true that it's escalating over time? Yes. So in my experience, fees never get lower, they get higher. Prices never get lower, they get higher. So it's just how it is. It's the world we live in. But D-Travel, we've committed to giving hosts 0% fees 
Because frankly speaking, if the supply side exists, that is the prerequisite to get the demand side to happen at all. So hosts are our highest priority demographic. We love hosts, we respect hosts. And for the rest of us, for the guests and whatnot, the fees should be just about 50% off compared to general market rates. So fees right there, you can see that fees are lower in D-Travel. But the way we execute on this promise is by creating a decentralized ecosystem. And that's very important to talk about because if you don't have a centralized company to fund and to sustain, if you don't have a centralized body to pay out big bonuses to CEOs and whatnot, then you can actually automate much of the processes that we think about when we think Airbnb, we can automate much of the agreements that need to be made between people, whether those agreements are dispute resolutions or home staying agreements. So we kind of rely on this new future of organizing ourselves in a way that is democratically oriented, in a way that's decentralized, and that actually should save costs. Yes, yes. And you accept other forms of currency, which I still think is like really new. Like we know cryptocurrency exists out there, but I've never seen a home sharing platform that's like, this is what we're doing and we're committing to that. And we even have our own token system, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. So what was the decision to actually accept cryptocurrency and what has been the reaction from your guests and your hosts? Are they excited about being able to pay with this type of currency now? Totally. So think of the cryptocurrency, the token economy as simply a loyalty program. That's it. But it's a loyalty program that can be valuable in other ways besides just in the D-Travel network. So if you think about your hotel points or your airline miles, these are all credits that go up. It's a number on the screen and you can do stuff with that number. So very good. But for D-Travel, we award instead TRVL, the travel token. It's not very creatively named, but we think TRVL sounds good. <laughs> So let's say as a digital nomad, which, hey, look at my bag, I am. I book a property on D-Travel, I get some TRVL. Then it turns out next time I book a place, if I book in TRVL, I could get massive discounts because I'm using the in-network currency. It also turns out that TRVL holding entitles me to certain benefits. So if there are exclusive perks and value-add programs that we release to network members, then if you're a holder of TRVL, we automatically recognize that you're in the platform, you're in the community. So maybe you can win something, maybe you can get a perk. And TRVL itself is a cryptocurrency. So if you think about how cryptocurrencies work, if you think about <laughs> maybe even for the layman, you've heard things like Dogecoin, Baby Doge, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Imagine that as the network grows in value, the token probably also grows in value. So it's in many ways a sensible thing to put into a home sharing economy. There's a lot more around our tokens, but I'll kind of stop right there and transition to what we call uh, NFTs. So many of you won't know what this is, but you will soon. And it's one of those things that seems like black magic now, but it will become mainstream soon. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens, which is an extremely nerd way of saying VIP member points, VIP member cards. So instead of issuing to you, the traveler, a card that we send by mail, which is cumbersome and slightly dumb because we don't need it today in this modern world, we will send you a digital certificate, an irreplaceable, irreplicable digital certificate that says you're a community member in VIP standing. 
This will allow you to participate in monthly drawings of amazing rewards like private yachts, private jets, maybe celebrity second homes. Imagine if you could stay in Mayweather second home and et cetera. And so what's interesting is this NFT, this VIP membership card for the lifetime of D travel. The plan is to add more and more benefits on top. So if you're a traveler and you hold one of these very exclusive VIP cards, which are limited in number, then it stands to reason that the amount of benefits that you get because you're a holder increases over time as D-Travel makes partnerships with great organizations and brings in value. And later on, you might be able to offload this asset to someone else and make yourself a tidy profit. So that's the concept behind NFTs in general in the world of cryptocurrency. But in D-Travel, there's a lot of utility value within the token. It's really a utility value that we're talking about here. You know, on Twitter, I see a lot of NFT conversations. I'm like, what is that? Okay, skip. But Luke, I think you did a really good job. You're like, it's a VIP loyalty program, which I think is super relatable. And I understand the concept, which I think is interesting. So what made you all decide to bring cryptocurrency and this just new way of paying and exchanging value into this platform? And what has been the reaction of the travel community to that? Well, first off, the team that is building D-Travel is the team that was behind Travela.com. And so all the audience members here can search Travela.com and they will find it's the leading cryptocurrency-based travel booking platform in the world. So it's a company that does tens of millions in revenue per year. It's been growing month on month for the last however many months. So Travela.com is very special. You can book travel experiences, travel stays, whatnot, with cryptocurrency and with normal money. Now, Travela.com is the original inspiration, and it's backed by Binance, which is one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges. But we decided, okay, if we're going to create a home sharing economy, a sharing economy is very different to other kinds of economies, and we cannot retrofit the stuff we did earlier into the vision we have for the future. So what we decided is we have to create a new organization, not only that, but a new type of organization. So if you imagine the founding of the United States or various other moments in history when people came together to write a constitution and decide how to rule themselves, that's exactly what's happening in D-Travel. We decided that hosts and guests need a way to be a part of a large ecosystem that they themselves control and benefit from. So one thing I did not share earlier is that if you're a TRVL holder, then you're considered a member of the organization at large, an online cooperative, and therefore you get to participate in decision making. So imagine if hosts in a certain part of the world in Airbnb could determine for themselves the right policies and the right responses when COVID hits. Imagine if people all around the world can make their own decisions aligned with a central value system and a central economy, but they do what's needed for them instead of being told by a central office somewhere in San Francisco. So TRVL is interesting in that way. It allows hosts and guests to be part of the voting mechanism, part of the governing mechanism of this entire platform. And therefore, also, I feel it's quite unlikely that they themselves would start to raise fees on themselves or they themselves will start to make policies that hurt themselves. When you rely on people to rule themselves, when you rely on democracy, it tends to work. <laughs> but it's messy in the beginning. 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I definitely can see that and I definitely understand that. And going back to the centralized and decentralized platform, one of the things that we've seen in other platforms that have been lost is the ability for peers, for hosts to be able to communicate with other hosts and even some host to guest communication. So what will communication be like on the de-platform travel platform? We really don't like how other platforms create walls between hosts and guests. And usually these walls can be jumped very easily. So it's as if you're spending company time and money to artificially block conversation when really you can't. So the reason is clear. If you allow hosts and guests to directly interact, so long as the middleman, meaning the home sharing platform, isn't providing a lot of value, the natural next step is to just cut out the middleman who needs them anyway. So most of my nomadic friends, most of my traveling friends, especially those on a budget, usually they'll go to an Airbnb and then negotiate directly with the host, get a lower rate and everyone's happy. And then it's a long-term stay. So from D travel side, what we're trying to do is provide the amount of value necessary to keep hosts and guests engaged and interested, to keep them wanting to go through D travel through each other. And so it's an ambitious undertaking, but completely possible at this point. And I think the level of innovation we've seen in travel, it's pretty rapid. Airbnb definitely pioneered the home sharing model. But before then, we had couch surfing as well. We had a lot of different models, interesting things. But now it's time to sort of evolve it further. And I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Although I have full faith, it'll go successfully. So... For me, it's more like watching a train come to the station. I think sometimes people tend to see it as, wow, we're trying to see a dragon fall from the sky. But it's not that esoteric. It's not that mysterious. This democratization and gig economy, sharing economy type vibe has been around for a while. We just need to implement. Yes, implementation is very important. So we covered a lot of things. We talked about the fees and how D-Travel is able to lower the fees on both the host side to the point where it's zero fees. And for the guests, we are thinking it's about 7.5% I saw was the number for that, which again, fees are a huge part of what we pay on other platforms. So that's going to lower the cost. Also, D-Travel's ability that you can accept other forms of currency like cryptocurrency and these travel tokens and NFTs, which I, th- I thought you did a really great job at explaining because I'm a newbie at that. So that's really great. And even prioritizing the interests of the community over shareholders, right? Because when you're now a publicly traded company, you are responsible to grow the company in a way that is beneficial to shareholders and not necessarily the interests of your users. So I think that is really important. The last thing I wanted to touch on is the trust between the host and the platform. We know that I've seen tons of headlines of how hosts are not happy (laughs) and guests are also pretty not happy with some of the platforms out there. So how are you thinking about building this trust between all of these parties? Yeah, so happiness is very important to us. (laughs) We want everyone to be happy. As you say, a lot of hosts are unhappy right now. That's a problem. That's why we exist. So first off, we don't obstruct what you want to do and what might be beneficial for you. If you want to talk to guests directly, that's fine. If you want to list on other platforms, that's fine. 
we don't see the world as a zero sum game. We just want to provide what's better and have faith that what's better will attract people who are both productive and prosperous. So that's the first thing. We don't get in your way. The second thing is that we see the community of D-Travel as one and the same with the business of D-Travel. This is where we get into a bit of blockchain territory. But in the world of blockchain, there's a concept called decentralized autonomous organizations. It is called a DAO, D-A-O. And so a decentralized autonomous organization is what you would imagine. Decentralized, meaning power to the people, democratic, decentralized. Autonomous, meaning you don't need to construct processes that have people behind them in a way that encumbers the whole network with paying these people and organizing these people. Autonomous means you can trust in automated processes and in code to create the outcomes that ordinarily you would rely on human beings for. Therefore, you also cut a lot of costs and give people less fees. And organization, decentralized autonomous organization. The organization part, you can think of it this way. D-Travel is akin to a co-op in the digital sphere. So with people that you don't know their names, you can never shake their hands, you don't understand their language, you can be part of the same organization and you understand that you're part of the same economy and what each of you does, the policies each of you creates, the economic value each of you creates, that's going to grow the whole pie and affect everybody else in the ecosystem. So as such, you're part of the same team. And so if I bring it down to a smaller, simpler level, then let's say I'm hosting on D-Travel. And as a host, you must have TRVL tokens. So here I am holding my TRVL tokens. I can participate with my local peers in crafting policies that are suitable for our regulatory jurisdiction or our regional specificities. Then I realize that the market is growing and more people are coming to D-Travel, which makes me happy. And because more people are coming to D-Travel and wanting to host, the value of TRVL reflects that kind of interest because TRVL is somewhat like a taxi medallion in the sense that there is a limited supply. And if you want to host, you got to have them. And as I move forward in this ecosystem, because I hold TRVL, now I get to book travel with massive discounts and I get to be in the running for great perks and benefits that I didn't even ask for. And then as the platform grows more and more, I get to participate in these constitutional conventions and votes and proposals so that I determine for me and my friends how things run. And if things go badly, which sometimes they do in the travel industry, then dispute resolution is potentially done in a way that's community oriented too. So instead of working with a bunch of different customer service reps in call centers uh, where I don't even understand the way they're speaking English and witnessing multiple shift changes because their timeline and my timeline are different and being told one thing and given another and being frustrated and going through more customer service to resolve issues instead of that process, maybe I will have a jury of peers, a jury of hosts and guests in good standing who can review my case and determine based on their real experience uh, who deserves what and who did what wrong. And so I would trust honestly in a jury of peers in a decentralized system of justice than I would in some centralized company system of justice, because ultimately they don't care about me or you. They just want good PR. So they'll do the minimum possible to give 
<laughs> the minimum outcome for you to just be quiet and go away. And so all that being said, if let's say the jury system goes well, and it turns out I did suffer some damages as a result of a bad guest, then in that case, the travel has something called the protection pool. So with every transaction in the network, a small percentage goes into the protection pool. And the protection pool basically guarantees up to $1 million worth of damage restitution for you. So it's not as if there's a complicated process. It's not as if there's rocket science going on. If my peers say, oh yeah, Luke, you should get money for what was done to you or what happened, then that approval is all we need. The money comes straight to me. That's one thing. And the other thing is when bookings happen, there's a percentage of transaction fees that goes into what we call the community development fund, the community treasury. And so imagine that every time you book transactions, you're not paying exorbitant, esoteric, weird fees to some central company, but rather you're making money for your community. So when the transaction fees come into D-Travel, that community treasury is something that is utilized based on the vote of our community members. So if the hosts collectively say, yeah, probably it's very important to hire lawyers to look over all of our regulatory stuff in this year, and it's probably important to hire cleaning services to help globally, all of us take care of quality standards. In that case, you can use the community treasury to go out and seek people to provide said services and to compensate them. And you can even perhaps compensate the people in network, the hosts and guests who would otherwise be volunteers. You can compensate those people in TRVL, which is valuable for their time and effort in trying to organize this ecosystem. So in a way, you have a system of bounties. If you're familiar with bounty hunters, well, let's say I'm a poor college student somewhere and I really want to go to Hawaii. There's not many ways to make money, but what I can do is contribute my time. So because I speak Korean and Japanese, if D Travel says we need translations of online materials in Korean and Japanese, I can do those translations. Then I get awarded in in-network TRVL tokens. And using that, I can go out and book myself a stay. Without going too long, too far, too deep, you can see how the ecosystem is all about playing ping pong between members of the community. And the value is always in-network. Yes. And I'm like, okay, so I have a spare bedroom. Do I qualify to host on D Travel? Let's talk about that. Like, if we are like, okay, this sounds really interesting. How do we get involved on both sides, the host side and actually booking to stay? Well, if you want to get involved as a host, you're listening to this podcast at a great time. I would encourage you to go to dtravel.com and register yourself to start hosting. And that's because the platform is launching in the next three months. So you'll want to be aware. On the other hand, if you register early and you're one of the first 100,000 to register, then you're entitled to quite a significant sum of TRVL rewards, which will just be automatically dispersed to you upon platform launch. So I think as a host, it makes a lot of sense to come in early. We're particularly right now looking for hosts who are proven. So we're open to everybody, but we're specifically going after those who are super hosts on Airbnb, who have listings on other platforms, maybe VRBO, et cetera, who have some level of experience and credibility because with the guests, we need to establish a level of standard and a level of quality. So that's what we're thinking about right now. It's very simple and we'd love to get more hosts in. So 
definitely go check the website. Excellent. Excellent. And is it possible to host like a room? Are you looking for like a, a entire house? Is there a type of accommodation that you're looking for? Oh, imagine that whatever uh, Airbnb allows, <laughs> we would allow the same. People have different budgets. People have different preferences. So as long as there's a standard of safety and hygiene and communication, beyond that, we kind of let the community decide what to list and what to book. Yes, yes, yes. One clarifying question for you. So as a guest coming and booking a stay on D-Travel, I can still pay with my US dollars. How does the TRVL coins come into it? Like, where would I see that as a guest? Well, as a guest, when you check out to book a property, it'll simply ask you, how would you like to pay? So you could pay in your paper currency, your local currency, or you can choose to pay in some kind of cryptocurrency. So if you look at Travella.com, the company that we sort of spun out from, you'll see that Travella.com accepts a whole array of different cryptocurrencies. And so that's it. So is there a way to transfer? I guess I'm still new to crypto. So can I transfer my US dollars to the TRVL coins? Like, is there an exchange that happens somewhere? So if you go on to cryptocurrency exchanges, then you can acquire TRVL, not right now, but after TRVL launches, which is happening sometime in the next three months. So if you're somebody who wants to own TRVL, then you can go out and get yourself some. That's no problem. Okay. That makes sense to me. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Why you? <laughs> you what are you what are you trying to do? Are you are you trying to be an investor? What do you <laughs> you want TRVL? I'll send you TRVL. I do have Dogecoin. <laughs> My golden handcuffs. I do have Dogecoin. Dogecoin, wow. I want to tell the audience here for a second. Dogecoin has no utility value. Dogecoin has no use case. Dogecoin is a meme and it's hypey and it makes people happy. But the moment people realize this has no internal value, it's kind of like vapor. Vapor with a good package, you know? It's like a balloon that you can just pop. But the balloon's really big right now. I mean, TRVL has an actual economy behind it. We have executives who are former Airbnb. We have all the right conditions for a real company. So... I think if you're going to do a cryptocurrency, yeah, you go, go after, go after the ones with real teams, real products, Dogecoin. Oh man. And there's mini Doge, no baby Doge. Yes. 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 Now there's baby Doge too. It's crazy. For me, I got swept up in this YouTuber who like became a millionaire off of like one transaction. And then <laughs> there's so many of those and you got to distinguish who the influencers are that are of integrity and who the influencers are that just get paid to show random things. I mean, because influencers get paid a lot of money to just talk about things and then <laughs> they get some minor stake in the company or they end up with some tokens as a reward. All they want to do is just talk it all up until the graph moves upwards and then they want to dump on retail investors. And so cryptocurrency is a great industry, in my opinion. It's going to change the world, but there's a lot of sleaziness involved. So you got to look at the right kinds of cryptocurrencies. Yes. And now I'm afraid to sell because I don't want to lose everything. I'm already like 50% down. So there we are. We're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the level of popularity and memetic recognition that we have today, maybe Dogecoin will rise once more. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's hope. Let's hope. So I don't lose my shirt there. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you for stopping by and sharing all about D-Travel, as well as even deep diving into like cryptocurrency. We never talked about that on the show. And like I said, I do see some things on Twitter. I'm just like, I wish someone would explain to me, but I really love the marriage between all the assets that you're bringing together, things that are pain points for both hosts and guests. And I cannot wait for launch. So we'll make sure in the show notes to have the links to get started if you're interested in, in hosting and being one of the 100,000 at launch and beyond. But Luke, anything else you'd like to share and how can we connect with you as well? So I'm available everywhere. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Telegram, etc. If you message me, I will definitely respond. People don't believe this. I will. <laughs> now, the Genesis team of D-Travel, that's what we call it in blockchain terms. The founding team, Genesis team, it sounds cooler. So as we generate D-Travel, we rely upon people's feedback to make sure we're stepping in the right direction. So don't think of us as some black box. Don't think of us as a group just trying to create a token. All right, financially savvy travelers, that is your call to action. Reach out to Luke, get involved. Make sure you head over to the show notes and click the link and learn more about D Travel. We can't wait to have you guys back. I would love to hear after the launch and things are going, have you guys back and share with us your insights and what you see changing in the travel industry. So thanks again, Luke. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.